Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace. And today I want to start off by reminding you of our beautiful word the Lord has given us for this year. And that is about his love and his faithfulness to us, my friends. And from Jeremiah 31.3, we see that the Lord is speaking these very words to us. The Lord appeared of, of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with grace have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. My friend, your daddy God loves you. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, he loves you and he is faithful to you. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Amen. And I do hope that you enjoyed our previous podcast where we received um, the Lord's Supper together, my friends. It is so, it's, it's powerful. And we get to experience intimate moments with the Lord when we come together to receive of his body and his blood. You know, he manifests himself in a special way. And you can expect this year as you continue to come to the Lord's Supper and come as he showed us, uh, seeing this as an expression of his love to you, his love for you, his faithfulness to you, that he would break his body for the wholeness of your body and that he would shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins and to give you the new covenant of grace, my friends, as you receive of this regularly and constantly look to his love for you and his faithfulness to you, my friends. I believe that you will have have fresh and many visions of the Lord and, and become just more and more intimate with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, my friends. Amen. Now I have two questions that I want to ask you to start off today's podcast. First of all, how is it that Jesus lived and ministered uh, in his in his ministry, my friends, in such complete and total peace, with such an abounding joy, my friends, with love, with a faithfulness that saw him all the way to the end, with such determination. How did he get the victory when so many things were against him? Right, almost from the moment he began his ministry, the devil himself. Right, most most of us we just deal with the devil's minions, okay? But the devil himself targeted Jesus, even from the time he was a baby, actually. Uh, but we know that he came directly to the Lord and tempted him. He, he tried to drown him in storms and incited the Pharisees to try and stone him and, and the people to push him off. I mean, from the moment Jesus began his ministry, he faced constant controversy. You know, yes, he was proclaimed by the people, but have you ever really looked at what people it was that were following him and that declared that he was Lord? It wasn't the leaders of the day. It wasn't the people in charge. It wasn't the people with the power. It was the poor people. It was the outcast. It was the those that were pushed out of society, my friends. In other words, people that couldn't help him at all. People who saw their need for a savior. Let us be people that every day see our need for a savior and allow Jesus to be who he is. It's not just something he does, my friend. Jesus is our savior. He wants to save us. You want to see Jesus and intimately involved in your life. Allow him to be your savior in every situation and difficulty that you face. Hallelujah. Amen. So that was the first question. 
How was he so victorious when so much was against him? And it wasn't just that he won, my friends. It's the way he did it. When he told the disciples the night that he was being betrayed, that, that he was giving them his peace, they didn't freak out and go, oh man, this guy's always fearful. This guy's, you know, always nervous and anxious. I don't think I want that, Jesus. You know, when he said, my joy shall be made complete in you. What, what do you think that means, my friend? Jesus was not this like depressed, you know, a gaunt, sunken face, skin and bones, angry looking savior that is unfortunately oftentimes portrayed. He said, let my joy, my joy will be made full, complete in you. Which means what? He had a lot of joy. The disciples saw that as a blessing and they wanted it. With everything he went through, he still had so much joy. He had time to stop and hug children, to laugh, to giggle, to play. Oh, my friends, how, how did he do that? Well, you know what? It's going to tie into our second question. How does God bestow honor and glory? How does God bestow honor and glory in your life? How did he bestow honor and glory in Jesus's life? Because we're going to see that these are directly tied together. And for that answer, we are going to 2 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 13. And this is Peter's second letter that he's writing. And he knows that soon that he is going to be martyred. And I do want to encourage you with this, my friends. You know, none of the disciples were young when they were martyred. Now, Paul was a well-aged man when he was martyred. And, and if you read carefully, Paul is the one that initiated the events for him to be martyred. Why? Because he was so full of life, he wasn't going to die any other way. And he said it himself that he was ready. He had finished his race. He'd run the course. He'd done what the Lord called him to do. And he was just so excited to be home with Jesus. He wanted out of here. And that's the only way he could go. <laughs> Hallelujah. My friends, he was too full of life to die. How many times they tried to kill him and they couldn't. Peter was the same way. John, the apostle John, was the same way. They, it's even documented, my friends. They tried multiple times to kill John, and they couldn't. And that's how he got exiled out onto the island of Patmos to start with, where he wrote the book of Revelation, right? Because he was so full of life, my friends, because he was so full of Jesus. They just couldn't kill him. And, and every time they tried, it made more people believe in Jesus, so I find him, what are we going to do with this guy? Well, we'll put him out there on an island where he can't, he can't reach anybody else. Nobody can hear from him. He can't talk to anyone. He can't evangelize. And what happens? The Lord himself appears to him. He receives the revelation of Jesus Christ, which we still read to this day. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Woo! Amen. So when we come to 2 Peter 1, uh, so that's the, the, the premise you're going to kind of see here where, where Peter makes these, these mentions. Um, that he knows he's going to be leaving soon. So he says, yes, I think it is right. As long as I am in this tent and he's referring to his physical body to stir you up by reminding you. Oh, my friends, how often do we talk about that? What we, what we often need is a remembrance, right? Every day we need to remember, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? Say that with me right now. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every day we need to remember that, my friends. Every day we need to wake up and say, God loves me. He's pleased with me. God has already supplied 
everything I need into this day. Something good is going to happen to me today because of my God. My friends, we need to remind ourselves of these things. And it goes on to say, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. So that's what I was uh, referring to, where Peter knows that he's he's going on to be with Jesus soon. And look at how matter-of-factly, I, I love it. My friends, he too, he knows his work is done, and he's ready to go home and be with his Savior. Knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Wow. Do you think what he's about to tell us is important? I mean, listen, how, how much he stresses this. I am going to be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things. These must be really precious, important, powerful things. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So what Peter is saying, when he came to, to the people he's writing this letter to, and he first witnessed to them, he's reminding them, hey, what I told you wasn't something I heard from someone else. It wasn't a clever tale, a clever story somebody else came up with that I repeated. No, this is something I saw myself with my own eyes. And he's saying that what he saw was the Lord's majesty. Say majesty. His majesty. For he, he's speaking of Jesus, for Jesus received from God the Father honor and glory. Say honor and glory. Honor and glory. So now we have majesty, we have honor, and we have glory. Wow. <laughs> what is going to lead to Jesus receiving honor and glory from God the Father? He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. And here he's quoting what he heard. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him, that is with Jesus, on the holy mountain. My friend, Peter just showed us how we increase, how we receive more of the Lord's glory and honor in our lives. When we crown ourselves with these same words, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That is how God the Father bestowed his honor and glory on his son. Us too, my friends. Remember, you are now a child of God. You are seated in Christ Jesus. We want to increase, right? How, how many of us who doesn't want to increase the honor of glory, honor and glory of God in our lives? I hope that's something we all do. Amen. I know that you do. Hallelujah. And we do that every time we simply declare this. I am God's beloved child. And he is well pleased with me. You are God's beloved son. 
and he is well pleased with you. You are his very highly, deeply loved son, and he is so very pleased with you. You are his beloved daughter, and he is well pleased with you. You are his highly, deeply loved daughter, and he is so, so very pleased with you. My friends, when we speak it, and listen to me, this is so important. Did it say that God thought these words, or did it say that he spoke these words? My friends, thinking it is not enough. God didn't think the world into existence. He spoke it. He spoke it into existence. Jesus didn't go around on this world thinking sermons, thinking about God's will. He spoke it. He spoke of his love. He spoke of his kingdom. He spoke and people were healed. He spoke and demons were cast out. He spoke, he gave thanks, and, and food was multiplied. God the Father spoke over his son. My friend, speak over yourself. Speak it. I am the son. I am the daughter whom God loves, and he is well pleased with me. You know, this is how I start my day before I'm even out of the bed. And guess what, my friends? This is not a feeling statement. This is a faith statement. You're not always going to feel like it. That's exactly why you need to say it. Hallelujah. And the more we believe it and the more we say it, our feelings will line up with it. But we don't wait for our feelings to get there to say it. You'll never say it. Let's just take God at his word, my friends. If you, if you have a hard time believing that, you know what? It's not about you. That means you're looking at yourself and your own life and what you've done and what you haven't done. This is about what Jesus Christ has done. How did you become a child of God? We became children of God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He gave up his place as God's child so that we could become God's children. Because Jesus lived a perfect life, God now looks at us in the perfection of his son. And listen to this, my friends, hear this. God was pleased with Jesus simply because he was his son. It had nothing to do with what he had done. It had everything to do with who he was. God is pleased with you simply because you are his child. The moment you said yes, the moment you said yes to the Lord and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became his child and he is now well pleased with you. And just as you can't change whether or not you're a child of God now, there's no going backwards, my friends. Once you've been born again, you can't be unborn again. Remember, it's all based on the work of Jesus Christ. So now that you've been born again as a child of God, guess what? Your father is always pleased with you because you are always his child. This is something just for his children. God loves the whole world. He loves the whole world. That's why he sent his son and gave him up for us. We know that. 
but he is pleased with those who are his children. And we're going to see that right now by looking actually at this is not actually the first time that the father said this over Jesus. It's actually the second time, but Peter wasn't there the first time. Jesus hadn't actually even started his ministry yet. And so because of that, he didn't have the disciples around to hear this. But they were there. Peter, James, and John were there the second time the father declared this over his son. And we will look at that as well, too. So let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 13. And it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. This is what happened. Remember, John is baptizing people who are repenting of their sins. And my friends, this is not what that meant. These people did not come to John and sit there and say, okay, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. No, my friends, they simply came and, and acknowledged that, yes, I am a sinner and I need God and I want God and I want him to be my savior. Okay. Can you imagine John the Baptist is standing in the middle of this really cold river and it says multitudes came to him? How long would he be out there if they each had to sit there and try to list all the sins of their life? And it's impossible anyways. We're too ignorant to even understand, right? We're so fallen, I should say, that we're ignorant of just how sinful we are because we don't know how righteous God is. Amen, my friends. So anyways, so that's why when Jesus said, hey, I'm here to be baptized, John, John, this is John the Baptist, not John who wrote the gospel. But John the Baptist says, I can't, I can't baptize you. You're, he's, in this moment, he's finally seeing who his cousin is, that he is the Messiah. He is God's son. And he's like, I can't baptize you. In other words, because you're perfect. You don't need to repent of your sins. He's like, I should get you to baptize me. But Jesus is like, no, this this is to fulfill prophecy. This is for all righteousness sake. This is part of Jesus humbling himself. Even Jesus, oh my friends, always so humble to the Father. He was not being baptized because of sins. And so then John says, okay. Right, so he goes ahead and he says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I love to see the pride of the father. He's so proud of his son. He loves him so much. He's so delighted in him. He wants everybody to know. He wants everybody to know. He opens up the very heavens to his son and declares for all to hear. And most importantly, for Jesus to hear. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now I mentioned that we need to speak this over ourselves. Parents, speak this over your children. 
They need to hear that they are God's beloved child and that he is well pleased with them. And they also need to hear that you love them and that you are pleased with them simply because they are your child. And notice that the father was not ashamed of this. He spoke this in public. Can I, can I give you a, a, a little tip? And we see it in the Bible, my friends. Praise your children in public. Correct them in private. Now, sometimes when they're, if their behavior is really getting out there, then you correct them in public if you have to. But if there's correction going on at home, that usually doesn't have to happen. Praise your children. When they have that confidence, my friends, that you love them, this is the same for us. When we see that we are loved and that God is well pleased with us, that brings us up to a higher level of living, my friends. You just don't want to get involved in things that drag you down, things that are immoral, things that are vulgar, because you're, you know that you're different. You're a child of God. Encourage your own children the same way, my friends. And you know what's very interesting here is that this was at the river Jordan and the particular area where Jesus was baptized was was near where the river Jordan uh, goes into the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth. It's as if God is telling us in your very lowest moments, I want you to know that I love you and I'm well pleased with you because you're my child. Now understand this, my friends, there's a difference in God being well pleased with us and particularly well pleased with our actions. But when we know that in that low moment, and maybe it's a low moment because of something that's happened to you, maybe it's something you did or got involved in that you shouldn't have. But when we know that even in that moment, God loves us and he's well pleased with us, that will give us the strength to, to rise back up out of that situation my friends but if we believe that God is now disappointed in us he's turned his back on us you know what happens we turn our back on him you know what makes us give up on God is when we think he's given up on us and as we as we're seeing that's what makes this word so powerful my friends that the Bible always it constantly refers to God's faithfulness to us not ours to him when we learn to see that he is never disappointed with us. That's a human weakness. Okay, disappointment is expecting one thing to happen and something else happens. It is impossible to disappoint God. He knows what's going to happen <laughs> long before we get there. Okay, my friends, see that he loves you. See that he adores you. See that he's well pleased with you and let that propel you out of whatever mess that you're in. Let that be what encourages your children to rise up to, to, a, to a higher level. And like I said, it doesn't mean there's no correction. In fact, the Bible says a father who loves their child will correct their child. We, we grow in correction. We all need correction. And let you be the one that corrects your child, a parent who loves them, instead of letting them go on and let the world end up being the one that corrects them, right? If, if children are, are spoiled and receive no discipline, my friend, they end up with very miserable lives. They can't make friends. They, they get corrected in a way by the other kids at school. 
then the, you enter the workplace, have a hard time with relationships, my friends, love your children enough to correct them. And, and just as I shared, praise in public and correct in private, your father, God does the same for you. Amen. I get corrected all the time and I can tell you, I feel so loved. And when he corrects me is when I'm alone with him in the word. He doesn't embarrass us. He, you know, there's a big difference in correction and taking cheap shots at somebody. And yes, sometimes, especially if we're not regularly coming to the word, God will use circumstances around us. He might use someone that does love us to speak a word into us that it might hurt at the time, but it really is out of love. And that is different from people who just want to tear you down. And I think you can feel the difference, right? You know the difference. Um, amen. Amen. Okay. So he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, this is so important for you to know that at this point, Jesus has not began his ministry yet. He has not preached one sermon. He's not cast out one demon. He's not healed one person. My friends, God did not declare this over his son because of his service. He declared this over him simply because God is love. God loves his son. And because Jesus is his son, he's well pleased with him. My friend, may we see that as well. That it is because of who God is that he loves us. And it is simply because we are his children that he is well pleased with us, not because of our service. It's not what we do, it's who we are. Hallelujah, it's who you are to God that makes all the difference. Now, just like we'll see with Jesus, once we know and we believe, we truly know and believe that the Father loves us and we are well pleasing to him, then as a loving child, we will want to serve him. But we serve because we know we're loved. We don't serve to try and get loved, my friends. And, and Christians who are feeling burnt out and, and struggling, my friends, that is why. It's when we start serving. And I know be, before I learned about the truth of the gospel of grace, I would get into serving that way too. I was serving to try and get God to love me, not knowing that he already did love me. And I can tell you now that I, I put my eyes on him and focus on how much he loves me and how pleased he is with me. I serve so much more than I ever did before. And there's such a joy and a lightness to it, my friends. It is a joy. It doesn't even feel like serving. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So this is what he says. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And as I said, he said this when Jesus physically, but we can look at this as, as you know, um, well, even physically, if you're dealing with some physical troubles or in your soul, right? When you're at a low place, this is what we need to hear. Speak this over each other, my friends, your children, your loved ones, encourage each other with this. Amen. If we can rise up, you know, when somebody maybe makes a snide remark to us, when you remember, you know what? It's okay. Whatever they think about me, my father loves me and he accepts me. We can let those things go. Amen. When, when people lie about me or they make accusations about me, it used to really, really get to me because I was so concerned with what everyone else thought. I was so concerned with being pleasing to the people around me instead of realizing 
that God was already pleased with me. And, and once that revelation got into my heart, wait a minute, God, my daddy, God loves me and he's pleased with me. The same, the same things come, my friend, because we are in the world. Tribulation will come. But now they don't affect me anymore. Why should I get all spun out and all out of shape, right? I, I can't change what someone else thinks of me. Neither can you. <laughs> Amen. But you can change your reaction to it. We can change how much of our mental energy and our emotional energy. We let those things uh, affect us. And we do that by going, you know what? I'm just going to remind myself, like Peter told us, that God loves me. And that he is well pleased with me. And you know what, my friends? We are going to have to stop right there. I know it, this word from the Lord is so rich. Uh, but we're, time just escapes us, doesn't it? Apparently no one has figured out yet how to make that stop happening. <laughs> so for now, we're going to have to uh, cut this off. This is part one of our newest series. So make sure you come back to, uh, to yeah, join in. And all of God's goodness and love for us. But my friend, as we are talking about what, what a richness, what a blessing it is for us to be considered a child of God. And that he is well pleased with us. And my friends, in our very inner spirit, in our soul, we want to be pleasing to God. Even if we don't know that that's the, that's the word, that that's what we were seeking. But I believe that even now as you've been listening to this, the Holy Spirit has been showing you that that's what you've been searching for. You've been trying to get acceptance here and there and make all these people around you accept you because you don't accept yourself. And you don't accept yourself because you haven't received that acceptance from your Heavenly Father. You haven't become a child of God yet so that you know you are pleasing to him. And so I want to invite you to take that opportunity right now, my friend. All it, all it is is saying yes to the Lord. Yes to being in relationship with him. Yes to letting him save you. Yes to letting him be your Lord. Yes to letting him become your incredible, loving daddy God. Amen, my friends. So just say this prayer with me right now. Say, daddy God, I thank you. That you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world. That through him you have demonstrated your love for me. And that he came to be the atoning sacrifice for my sins. I believe that at the cross, he took all of my sins, all of my judgment, and all of my punishment. And I receive his very righteousness. He died and he rose again from the grave, declaring that I am now justified. All of my sins of my whole life, my past, my present, and my future have been washed away. I am now born again as a child of God. God, you are now my loving daddy. I am your beloved child. You are well pleased with me. And Jesus, you are now my Savior and my Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen, my friend. Welcome to the family of God. All the blessings, all the goodness that you hear about uh, from our Lord, from these podcasts, when you read the word, these all now pertain to you, my friend. You are a beloved son of God. You are a beloved daughter of God. And he is well pleased with you. Hallelujah. Heaven is your home. Heaven is your final destiny. And Jesus is your savior. He is your Lord. He is your best friend. He is your bridegroom. Hallelujah. Amen, my friends. Amen. All right, my friends. 
I want to pray our blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.